Hello, everybody, and welcome to Locked on Flames. Today we recap uh, game three, and we are looking ahead to the logistics of game four. And what do we really think is going to happen? I'm Jess Belmosto alongside Sean Lavery. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on Flames for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each day. So, Sean, how are you today? I'm doing well, Jess. We are Good. in the middle of Calgary's lone hot wave of the year. So, <laughs> um, through one game, if we look at the Flames sample size in their last game, just one game, the Flames play is matching the Flames, or sorry, Calgary's weather, because um, it's red hot right now. So, oh, man. it's nice to have everything in sync, even though they are about three hours away north of Highway 2. So, um, it was fun. Like, I mean, last episode, our first segment was a lot of negative, like, you know, poor Zach Ronaldo kind of took a lot of the brunt mm-hmm. of things and, you know, the Flames as a whole just being stupid and taking dumb penalties. But I think today we have a much more positive episode, which is always fun. I mean, yes. in terms of news, and this kind of applies to sports just slightly, uh, the negative kind of sells, but it's nice to mix in a fun, happy episode once in a while. And that's what we have on our hands today after the Flames 6-2 win yesterday. Yeah, that was uh, that was something, to say the least. Uh the first thing I'm going to say is uh, Lucic scored technically one goal since the other one was pulled away, but I was very impressed. I know. <laughs> to say I, the least. <laughs> my like, goodness. Oh, wow. That's like a Milan Lucic of eight years ago or something yeah, like that. I, and you would know that version very well. So well, yes. it's nice to see him pop out every once in a while. But I mean, for me, the thing I love about this, the, their last game against Winnipeg, um, the 6-2 win is that like on its own, if we just look at this one game, the 60 minutes just on its own, it's almost the perfect version of the Flames where, yep. you know, the top two lines are providing so much offense and, you know, Mark Jankowski, who replaces Zach Ronaldo, comes in and plays 10 minutes, which is more than Ronaldo played in the two games combined previously. So you have some depth, you know, kind of support. And then Cam Talbot, who is your starter and who has been your starter these whole playoffs, is rock solid. And everyone on defense, you know, even the third pairing is making some impact plays. So that on its own is amazing just to watch that kind of perfection of the game that was. But my favorite part of watching game three was comparing it to game two and just how much the Flames kind of learned and progressed. So, I mean, if you just look at a couple basic statistics, um, six you know, penalties in game number two. And then we move to game number three and it's down to two. And then the giveaways, they go from being way up to way down. Um, And then the power play conversions go from being way down to way up. So, you know, everything kind of was learned from and the flames kind of, it's when we talk about sports and this doesn't apply to just hockey, it applies to everything. If you break it down game by game, you're always talking about, well, it'd be nice if, you know, the team did this and learned from this, Um, but hardly does it ever happen and for the Flames, it happened on every single layer where, you know, it wasn't, they weren't just struggling in one area, they were struggling on the power play. And then they were struggling by taking dumb penalties. And then they were struggling by giving the puck away. But then, you know, over the course of, you know, 24 hours, it's all fixed and it's all, you know, perfect, um, which is hard to sustain. But, you know, to see it literally go from black to white is so awesome. And um, like I said, just looking at it on its own is amazing. But considering the grand scheme of things of how the series has gone, makes it even that much more impressive it definitely was um like the complete opposite of game two Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you just broke down and it was just like a switch flipped 
like after game two and they said, okay, we know we can play a better and tighter game. We can't be messing around out there. So let's, let's show for it. And I've seen a lot of people questioning why Talbot is starting over Riddick. And, you know, I think, I know three games is only, you know, it's a really small sample size, but I think that Cam Talbot has really, um, you know, sold his case and really made his case for himself. He has been like outstanding. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Talbot is, you know, and we've, I think we've said it a little bit in throughout the series is he hasn't been spectacular. He hasn't had to steal a game yet, which I think is awesome for the Flames defense. You don't want to put your goalie in a position where, you know, they're literally the last line. And if they don't play well, you lose. Um, so he hasn't had to steal a game, which, you know, is a positive for the Flames as a team. But um, when Talbot has been tested and he's kind of, I think, as the series has gone on, been tested more and more, despite the Jets kind of losing some talent. He's been up to the task the whole time. And, you know, there hasn't been any egregious mistake, really, in my opinion. Um, You know, sure, you can break down every goal and say, well, he could have done this and he couldn't have done that. Um, But he's been awesome. And he's been exactly what I think you want a starting goalie in the playoffs to be, which is, you know, we don't really talk about Talbot um, unless we're just mentioning how solid he's been. And it's kind of like, you know, it's like officiating. You don't want to talk about officiating in sports um, because when you start talking about it, that means they're doing something wrong. If you don't talk about it at all, that means things kind of went right. And I think that's the same with Talbot. You know, we don't have to talk about him as being this, you know, Flames MVP through the playoffs, um, but we don't have to talk about him as being, you know, the detriment and the anchor that's pulling the Flames down. So he's just kind of been doing exactly what you need your starting goalie to do, um, which I think is amazing. That's, you know, sure you would love to have the guy stand on his head and be, you know, a Calder, or sorry, is it Calder? The, the playoff MVP. Um, you would uh, love to see that. But the Conn Smythe. The Conn Smythe, thank you. Um, <laughs> you would love to have the Conn Smythe goalie, but if you don't need the Conn Smythe goalie and you can win with the guy who's just solid, um, I think that's, you know, yeah. it's like, you know, it's two versions of good. Which version do you want? And um, Talbot's been awesome. And kudos, I guess, to Jeff Ward. We got to give that guy some mm-hmm. credit. Um, I think ultimately he made the choice. He might have had you know, different guys in his ear, whether it's the GM or, you know, whoever else, you know, kind of swaying his decision. But at the end of the day, the buck kind of stops with him on who starts game one. He chose Talbot and he's made the right choice through three games. And, you know, I'm kind of eating crow for saying both Flames goalies would appear in the series. And right now it doesn't look like we're going to see that. It's going to be Talbot the whole way, um, at least through three games of a best of five. Yes. Knock on wood, because we don't want any Crazy changes happening while things are going smooth. I think if but, we see, I want to make a statement. If we see Riddick yeah. this series, the Flames lose the series. I mean, yeah, through three I, games of a best of five, if we have to see Riddick, you know, barring, I guess, injury, injury would be the one exception. Um, if we have to see Riddick, I think the Flames might lose this series. Definitely. And we don't want that. No offense, Riddick, but right. we, do, we, do, we just right. don't want to lose. I right. think that's fair to say. Um, but still to come, we talk about what, the flames need to do to win and just how our predictions really you know we're finally gonna nail them home now that we are approaching game four so logistically what do you think needs to happen tomorrow for the flames to seal it up i say to move on to the next city but that's Right. not happening <laughs> stay in the same basically what needs to happen for them to stay in that same hotel room just a little bit longer yeah um 
Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting question. I think the obvious answer would just be replay game three, um, mm-hmm. you know, take that exact version of how they played and just kind of transfer things over to game four. Um, I think the one difference is the Jets are, you know, literally now at the point where they're fighting for their season. And I think there's a strong chance, um, you know, kind of lost in the game three kerfuffle of the Flames being so amazing was that the Jets lose Matthew Perot. So that's, you know, the yes. fourth forward of the previous three they've already lost. By the way, two of them are Mark Scheifele and Patrick Laine. So two of their best players. Um, you know, with the season on the line here, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, one out of four of the guys come back, two out of the four, or even all the way up to four out of four. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, some or all of the guys who are injured for the Jets come back, whether that's at 100%, you know, capacity or they're kind of playing just a little bit hurt and bumped. Um, you know, the Jets have this motivation of, their season being on the line and we saw in game two how the jets responded to the flames defeating them in game one and they responded you know hot and heavy and they were doing all the right things so um, what needs to happen for the flames is talbot you know it starts with talbot he needs to continue being himself which i you know have a lot of confidence in um we cannot see the game two power play that the flames had where they didn't convert at all um you know, 0 for 6, which is just you, when you're going up against Hellebuck, who, you know, if you look at Hellebuck's numbers, he hasn't had a Vesna caliber series, uh, but I don't think he has been what's pulling the Jets down right now. Um, the Jets, you know, it's kind of not their fault that they're losing this series. You can, you know, really blame this on injury um, and make a strong case for that. So, you know, for the Flames, like I said, starts with Talbot, just continue being himself, but he's been through the playoffs and I have a lot of confidence in that. And then, you know, I look next to the top two lines and the top two lines. I think the first line has been, you know, steady. Uh, Both lines, I guess, really have been steady. Um, They just need to keep that up and be more of a positive than they are a negative. Absolutely. Um, You know, it's nice to see the transition from game two to game three and just how much of a different team they looked like. And I'm really hoping that we don't see um, game two again because that would um, you know that would really knock my confidence as to say that you know they could win the series but I really I have faith in the goaltending 150 percent and um, you know I haven't heard an update on Sam Bennett I don't think but we'll see what happens there yeah i guess no update at this point with it being an off day today is probably a good thing if he was going to be out we might have heard by now and then you know another thing just for me that you know makes everything a little more positive for tomorrow than negative Mm. is we've been using the colorado series a lot as a benchmark for how the flames are playing in the playoffs whereas they lose game one or sorry they lose a game they lose one game you know last year to colorado and then just kind of fold things up and go home Um, this year they lose to the Jets and rather than you you know taking that as an opportunity to make excuses and kind of you know play the blame game and pack things up they learn from it and they come out and play even better the next game Um, and Matthew Kachuk has spoken a lot about the things he's learned most in the NHL playoffs is just how to ride the momentum wave and that's where the experience of someone like Milan Lucic really comes in a lot Um, even Jeff Ward who's been on the benches for the Bruins um, having that experience and knowing how to ride the wave of NHL playoff momentum uh, really does help. And you can tell that the Flames, I think, learned a lot from that series against the Avalanche. And now they finally have the opportunity to apply all that they've learned. Um, and so far, so good. So, um, you know, that just kind of sways more into my positive thinking going into tomorrow night's game. 
Absolutely. And I'm looking forward to it, as should everybody else, because this, I feel like, might have been a sleeper series for some people, Um, you know, maybe out-of-market fans and things like that. Mm -hmm. But after, I mean, game one, it was kind of a must-watch, I think. I know a lot of my friends here are like, oh my goodness, the flames, like, can you believe this? I'm like, yeah, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. So we talked about what the flames have to do to win. What do the Jets have to do? Like if the Jets are going to come back and I guess force the game five, um, what needs to happen tomorrow night for Winnipeg um, to come back and, and, you know, force that ultimate game five? I think, I mean, they're – their bench is just depleted. I feel like all around, like the specifically with the forwards, um, unless we see a change, like with players coming back, I think that really everybody's going to have to step up and not miss any opportunities to shoot the puck. You can't get cute and pass and hope to make a highlight reel out of it. Um, just play a simple game of hockey, keep the fundamentals at base and really just just shoot the puck at this point. Yeah, sure. The one thing that scares me about the Jets is with Hellebuck specifically, you know, he's been good. Like I said, he hasn't, you know, cost the Jets a game necessarily, I don't think. Uh, But it's like, you know, when that hot goal scorer goes cold and everyone starts saying, well, the guy's due for one. Like Johnny Gaudreau Mm -hmm. would be a great example. If Johnny Gaudreau goes cold a little bit, everyone starts saying, you know, a day or two away from game day, you know, Johnny's due for one. He's going to get one. I feel like Hellebuck's in that position right now where he's due just to absolutely steal a game. The Flames can play amazing. They can replay the game they had yesterday and be perfect, um, but it won't matter because Hellebuck will just stand on his head and steal a game. Um, And we were all nervous about Hellebuck coming into the series. And, you know, so far he's been okay. He hasn't been great, but he's been, you know, he's done, he's done well. He's done fine. Um, So it's almost like that hot goal scorer where with Connor Hellebuck right now, I feel like he's due for one just to steal the Jets a game. Yeah, I definitely have to agree with that. I have a feeling that we're going to see regular season Hellebuck in net tomorrow. Not that he's been bad this series, but we're going to see – we're going to see why he was nominated. Yeah, and if the Jets are (laughs) depleted at all, like if, if, you know, even one of the four injured forwards are out – and, you know, they need someone to kind of step up and play a role. You know, normally you look to the forwards to kind of fill the forward holes. Um, but, you know, it might be Hellebuck's turn tomorrow just to kind of grab a hold of everything and say, guys, I got this. This is my series. I'm going to win one for you guys. Um, and that would be, you know, that would be a big bummer for the Flames, especially if they played well tomorrow. Um, yeah. But Hellebuck just came out and, and played at a Vesna level that was unstoppable. So, um you know, for the Jets, it's 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 unfair to Hellebuck in a way because, like I said, he's he's been okay. He hasn't been bad in any way. Um, it's unfair to look at him and put the spotlight on him. Um, but when you have the injuries that the Jets have, you know, Hellebuck really does become their best player, and he might have been their best player when they're healthy, anyways. Um, and you know, in the playoffs, it's all about having your best players uh, play at their best. And you know, we know that here in Calgary with Johnny Gaudreau and his struggles in the playoffs. Yes. So I mean. <sighs> We won't get any updates until tomorrow morning, if even in the morning, probably later in the afternoon. So it will be, um, it's too close to call right now (laughs) on, you know, specifics. And, you know, we don't know if Line A is going to play. We don't know if Shifley is going to play. So we just hope that this all 
plays in the flame's favor. Right. And on that note, uh, just to, um, you know, not knowing things for tomorrow morning, um, just want to let everyone who listens to Locked on Flames know that tomorrow uh, we won't be dropping an episode in the morning. Instead, uh, we'll kind of wait for all the news to kind of progress and fall out. Uh, We'll watch the game with everyone else tomorrow night and then uh, look for an episode to drop directly after uh, the Flames and Jets game for tomorrow evening. So um, no any pregame previews this this episode tonight will kind of serve as that. And then tomorrow, uh, Thursday's episode will be all reaction to a huge game four between the Flames and Jets. Yes, and hopefully we'll be celebrating and not dreading an elimination game. Right. And like I said, the positive shows are a lot more fun than the negative shows. The negative shows kind of sell a bit, uh, but the positive shows um, are a lot more fun to do um, for us hosts. Um, thinking of positive guys, um, one thing that has been you know, kind of a bummer in the global pandemic right now is going out in public. And you know, whether it's your simple grocery trip or anything like that, um, you know, everyone wants to do the right thing and wear a mask, but you know, it's, it's easy to admit, sure, it's just a little bit of an annoyance. So uh, when it comes to something like car parts, you always think you need to go to the auto dealer to get car parts. Um, instead, let's head over to rockauto.com. Rockauto.com just is so amazing and so easy because you can just sit on your couch at home or sit in your bed and just shop online at your own convenience. And I don't know about you, but I've been shopping a lot more online recently uh, than I ever have been. Yes, 150%. You should see my Amazon cart right now. (laughs) It's amazing. My (laughs) rockauto.com cart is even more full um, because rockauto.com, unlike some other, you know, big brands who are just trying to draw you to their website with fancy promotions, rockauto.com can back up their prices. These guys have the best prices, no matter if you're the professional mechanic or more of the do-it-yourselfer. And the thing I love about rockauto.com is it's a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts for hum- from hundreds of manufacturers. And, you know, another thing I love about rockauto.com is how much variety they have. The thing about cars is, you know, they're a little finicky. You might have a certain maker model that only requires a certain part and it's hard to find. But rockauto.com, they have you covered no matter what make or model uh, your vehicle is. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in the how did you hear about us section. That is locked on, two words, so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Go to rockauto.com. Locked on Flames continues. Don't forget to follow Sean and I on Twitter. I'm at Jessica Belmosto and Sean is at Sean underscore Lambery. Alrighty. So I was completely wrong with my predictions going into this series. Right. You had the Jets in the sweep. I forgot. I did. Not that I was much better. I had the Jets in four. So uh, my prediction's kind of out the window as well. And what did Harrison have? Harrison had the Jets in five. So I think so. Harrison's the last one standing with our predictions. Look at us go. We're killing it, Jess. <laughs> we had so much faith in this team. But did the previous games you know, well, obviously they change your opinion, but if you knew what you know now, Mm -hmm. when we were doing the predictions, do you think it would have, it'll be flames and four? 
think the only thing that would change for me and, you know, the big question going into the series was goaltending. So, um, like you said, knowing what we know now, if I knew that, you know, if Cam Talbot was going to come in and be such an amazing, consistently good starter, um, my, I think my series prediction would have changed a lot. Um, I probably would have gone Jets in five. Um, and that's, you know, working under the assumption that I wouldn't know that Mark Shifley would have got injured, mm-hmm. you know, a handful of minutes into the series. So, um, you know, the big thing I take away, like injuries are, you know, such a fluke um, for the most part. So, you know, knowing what I know now, the big thing would be Cam Talbot playing well. Um, I still think I would have picked in the Jets. Um, but unfortunately for them, you know, the injury bug got them. And it's unfortunate to see in the playoffs because these guys work so hard over such a long period of time just to make it to the playoffs and just to kind of have it crumble in their hands, you know, really at no fault of their own. Um, it's sad to see. So, um, like I said, the goaltending would have been a big sway factor in my decision. And that's kind of partly why I picked Jets in four, because I thought that regardless of who the Flames started in net, the, the guy wouldn't have been as solid as Cam Talbot has been. So, um, you know, Talbot's play has definitely swayed my decision. How far would you be away from picking the Jets in a sweep, you know, knowing what we know now, Jess? Um, I definitely wouldn't have gone with that. I think I would have gone with Flames in five. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I just, it was an intense game one. And I think once the buzzer ended, at, you know, the final 20 minutes in the game, I was like, yeah, no, this is going five. <laughs> so hopefully it'll be Flames in five. But, um, you know, just to hit on the injury thing, like they work all year round, obviously, to keep in shape and to be ready for the playoffs. But then you have the sudden pause in the series, um, in the season rather, and then you're home for four months and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, by the way, you're going to pack up and leave your entire family. Um for we don't really know for as long as your team is in the playoffs and then to have that ripped away you know all that hard work just ripped away at not even five minutes into the game Mm -hmm. it just it stinks and it makes me feel really bad for them yeah i mean it's a good thing they're under the guidance of paul maurice and they -hmm. have someone like blake wheeler on their roster who's you know almost seen it all so um if it was, I guess almost conversely, if it was the Flames where, you know, Lucic and Jeff Ward, you know, they have experience here and they won the cup, but it's not the same level where Paul Maurice has been around for, you know, over a thousand games. And um, the, the Jets have handled it well. Um, it's, it's a really hard thing to go through. And you, you really do have to have the veteran coaching and the veteran players um, to manage the injuries that the Jets have had to manage. Uh, last segment, we kind of talked about, you know, what needs to happen for either the Flames or the Jets to win tomorrow night and what's going to be obviously a very crucial game. Um, you know, we kind of laid it out as for what needs to happen to both teams. So um, with that said, who do you think is the most likely scenario to play out? Do you think it's the Flames who kind of repeat their perfect performance? Or do you think it's the Jets who have maybe Hellebuck steal a game or um, the guys come back from injury and they make key contributions right away. Which of those two scenarios do you see more likely playing out tomorrow night? I have a feeling that it's going to be Hellebuck just standing on his head and just really stealing the show. Mm-hmm. What about you? What do you think? So 
I'm going off experience and the flames learning from experience, which is a new trend that we haven't seen um, in a long time. I'm going to go with the flames repeating their kind of great performance from last night. It probably won't be as good as last night because, you know, that's really a hard game to repeat. They played um, so well, Um, but I'm going to go with the flames standing strong and winning the series tomorrow night. Um, Cam Talbot's going to play solid. He won't have to steal the game, but you know he's going to be what he's been throughout the playoffs so far, which is exactly what you need from your starting goaltender. And you know the Flames have done a great job of solving Connor Hallibuck, which has been such a fear for us going into this series. Um, mm-hmm. But it's really, like I said, not Hallibuck's fault. But um, you know the Flames have taken advantage of the power play opportunities, except for one game, and that's been such a key factor in any playoff series, let alone. Uh, this specific playoff series and you know i think the jets are going to have a lot to deal with with you know regardless of how many guys who are injured come back into their lineup they're not going to be at 100 percent. so um that's going to be a lot for the jets to juggle um especially if it's someone like shifley who i think is really going to be um held down by what's looking like an injured leg and that's such a key component obviously to a hockey player's body with all the skating they do Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be a handful for the Jets to manage their injuries, regardless of how many guys come back. So Coming up tomorrow, Sean and I will bring you a complete reaction to Game 4, and we will hopefully have another positive show like we did today. You can follow us on Twitter at Jessica Belmosto and Sean underscore Lavery. Be sure to subscribe and follow us Uh, or follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest news of Locked on Flames each and every day. Don't forget to subscribe and listen to Locked on Jets with Harrison Lee to get the other side of this series. Have a great day. Enjoy the game, and we'll chat tomorrow.